0: Welcome back to Pro Series. This is episode 115 and today's guest is Ken Rusk. He is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author and a blue collar advocate. We talk all about this, his experience in the construction business and helping construction businesses grow and succeed in this world. Um but before we get into this episode please like subscribe and review this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts and now I hope you enjoy episode 115 with Ken Rusk. Ken thank you so much for hopping on the Pro Series podcast today. Can't wait to talk about you and then your your book and your expertise in the the whole entrepreneurial world.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me Eric. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and I always like to start off the podcast on where I found you. Um, you were actually suggested to me by a um, another guest I had. I, I had the pleasure of recording with earlier this week, Nick Hutchinson. Um, he kind of requested that you you'd be perfect for the podcast, and um, I want to first start off and talk about just give us a little um, a bit about yourself and what you do. Um, I will at the end we'll start talking about your book, but just give us a little bit of uh, information on you.
1: Well, you know, I've been accused of being a blue-collar entrepreneur, you know, whatever that is, and um, it's been interesting because I've always worked. I mean, when I was younger, I had a a bunch of different uh, odd jobs, and the thing that I always kind of connected with was, you know, when I was 12, I'd be like, okay, so if I did this for a couple hours, you're going to hand me money, and then I can take that money and use it for whatever I want? I mean, this is kind of a cool thing, right? So... I always kind of connected work with reward, you know, through um, through the years. I mean, it was just something that I've always done. So I started digging ditches when I was 15, worked for a, a basement waterproofing company, fixing old smelly, rotten, damp basements, and um, worked my way into the office, learned how to work the front and the back of the office. They had me opening franchises around the country when I was oh, 18, wow. and um then uh did that for 3 or 4 years lived out of a suitcase and you know that's oh, that's fun for a, a period of time but only a short period of time and then uh started uh, my own company in Toledo Ohio in 1986 started with 6 people and now we have um, wow. nearly 200 wow. so it's been a hell of a ride so
0: when did this whole did you always grow up wanting to make uh write a book and kind of bring your knowledge to other people like you
1: You know, there's two answers to that. First no. off, the answer is no. I mean, I think it's incumbent upon all of us who are successful to shorten the learning curve of those behind us. I mean, I, that's just mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do, okay? If you've been blessed, then you need to pass those blessings along. It's plain and simple. But, no, I, I – um, you know, when, when you've hired as many people as I've had for, for – again, we're, we're digging ditches. We're using jackhammers and using – we're standing in, you know – dirt and mud and whatever and uh chunks of concrete and all that kind of stuff when you're doing that kind of hard work you know you're 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 hiring a lot of people to get that done especially when you're growing your company so i i just started recognizing that um i yeah. needed to become like a life coach to these kids you know what i mean and um i never went to school i don't have any college degree i don't have any letters after my name i have no formal training but i knew the kind of things that worked that got kids, you know, got people mm-hmm. focused on what their future could look like. So um, my my daughter actually got pretty sick when she was 12. That was 15 years ago. And um, over the next five years, this was a real scary time for her mother and I because she was in and out of oncology offices and, you know, ultrasounds and all that kind of crap. And um, you have a lot of time to think when you're sitting in doctor's waiting rooms forever and ever and ever. So... Um, she's fine now, thank thank God. But um, a, a, a few short years ago, I started thinking, well, what would I tell her? I mean, what, what would I tell her about what's important in life? You know, what should she be chasing, in other words? What kind of happiness should she be after? And I just, I couldn't get rid of the words comfort, peace, and freedom. Like, what's, what's your own personal nirvana? I mean, your nirvana is different than mine, which is different than anybody out there that's listening right now as to what they want their life to look like. So, I started writing ideas down about that. And then people said, you know, your coaching works so amazingly well. Why don't you throw that into the, into the mix? And I just started Mm -hmm. writing stories and I never woke up and said, I'm going to write a book today. I, it just kind of happened. And, um, one thing led to another, I had 80,000 words and and I had carpal tunnel (laughs) from writing. (laughs) Um, and, um, then, you know, came an editor and then an agent and then a PR firm and then, publisher. And then it went from there. And, uh, again, it became a bestseller and I have no idea how it happened, but, um, I'm, again, I'm here for the ride.
0: Yeah. You spreading that knowledge. Not a lot of people think that way. You say you in the beginning of what you were saying there, you said, um, it's important to pass along the information that you've learned. Right. There's so many people out there that aren't like that. They, they, they'll, they're the opposite. They want, they don't want to tell it because they don't want someone to be on their level. Um, It's great that you do that. But why is it so important to you? Is it are you looking at maybe someone that maybe your younger self, if you wish you had this information? Or who is it that you're trying to um, kind of educate?
1: Well, you know, again, that that's a pretty wide ranging. I mean, if I could talk to a 15 year old who thinks that my my future is screwed i mean i'm going to be this person because my parents were and my future's this way and my environment's Mm -hmm. this way and my economic situation's this way i'm just going to have to follow in their you know unsuccessful footsteps wrong that's that's not that's not true at all you control what your life looks like nobody else does if i could talk to a college graduate who's lost because they got this degree they can't use and they spent all this money on it and they're really good at you know english language translation but how can you sell that to anybody right Mm -hmm. Um, or if I could speak to a business owner who's trying to build a staff of people to help him or her drive their company way further than they can drive it on their own. I mean, you know, the the whole, the whole rumor of the 70 hour entrepreneur work week is, is that's ridiculous. I mean, you're going to kill yourself and you're going to wake up with some money and go, why the hell did I do all this? So, um, to, in, in your particular case with, I think what your audience is. This is a really good way to not work work as hard. I mean, I didn't want to work 70 hours a week. I didn't didn't want to do all that. I mean, I I wanted to have a share in the workload and then share in the benefits, bonuses, and profits from that workload, right? Yeah. So I just decided to surround myself with a bunch of entrepreneurial thinkers, you know? you know, yeah, I'm the entrepreneur, but what is that? I mean, here's a crayon and a piece of paper, draw entrepreneur. You, you really can't, it's like a vague term, right? <laughs> but once you decide that I'm an entrepreneur at ditch digging, okay, well now I, I get what that means, right? So yeah, I might've been the one to take the risk buying 40 dump trucks and, and having to work with workers comp and all the labor rules and payroll and, you know, all that kind of stuff and the risk, I'm sure that's me but there's a lot of people around me that work for themselves first and for the company second. And they kind of share in a lot of that burden, but then they also share in what they create. And, um, the company has grown crazy, crazy big from where it was because there's obviously strength in numbers and, um, you can't do it all. So share the future growth with someone and then get out of the way and watch what happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like how you said that. Um, like, contractors in general, um, or anybody like blue collar work, they, they're pretty hard working in just at heart. That's their heart and soul. That's how they grow their company. So learning that, um, that you're not going to work your life away. A lot of, you know, great contractors spend a lot of time more on their, on their work than with their kids or their family, which is, which is sad. And they, it's just, cause they just don't know the balance and learning the balance and they got to where they are because of that hard work. They think, Maybe they'll lose it. Um, is that kind of what you, you're writing about and kind of teaching them about?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, first off, you have to kind of, I mean, this is a this is a poison pill for some people, and it's hard to swallow. But you got to let go of this whole ego thing. I'm the boss. I'm the owner. You know, you go home to your husband or your wife, and how was your day, honey? Well, I fixed this, and I changed that, and I yelled at them for this, and I built this and altered that and created this. Okay, great. That's fine, if that's how you're answering the questions, I mean it should have been more like I had a vision for where I wanted my company to go, and I shared that vision with the people around me, and they figured out a way to get to that place, so we're all going to grow like crazy, make a lot of money, and we're all going to be happy together, yeah, I mean, I would rather hear that at the dinner table, you know what yeah. I mean than you know I did all these things because. You know, you may be ego, you may be boss man or boss woman, or you may be that, you know, you want that CEO moniker or whatever. That's fine. But isn't living well the real goal mm. here? I mean, you didn't start your business so you could have the business run you. You wanted to run the business and running it in a way that balances your life out and lets you work 40 hours and let someone else work some of those other 30 that you used to work for 70, Right. And then let them share in the benefits of the growth that you get because you're going to be surprised. You know, you're good, but you ain't as good as you think you are. Other people are really good, too. Surround yourself with those people. And then, like I said, get out of the way and watch some amazing things happen. Yeah,
0: I'm just thinking of people that I know, and you probably have examples as well. But just having that's a mindset. That's so hard to get rid of. When you, you started your own company, you, you don't want to give up some of the the roles that you already play because you know, that's your baby, that's your, your company, but at the, in the same part, you kind of have to let it go to live and sometimes grow. Sometimes you keeping all of that role to yourself is not allowing your company to grow the way it should be.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look at it this way. So Imagine that you are hovering in a helicopter above your building and you tore the roof off, right? And you're watching everything happening below inside your building. Would you want to see yourself locked to a desk or locked to a a particular task or a, a particular thing that you have to do? Not, you, you know, oblivious to what everybody else is yeah. doing there. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you rather be up on top looking down, watching the whole thing work and saying, hmm, I'm going to plug myself in there. I'm going to. Maybe do this. I'm gonna alter that. I mean, you you get to do the visionary part. You plug yourself in where you want to, where you need to, or mm-hmm. where you enjoy to, right? And um, you don't do the things that you don't enjoy. So, you know, you you you're you're meant to be the general, okay? You're not meant to be the the sergeant Absolutely. in the battle. And if it, if you're a true entrepreneur, that's how you're gonna think. So, it does require a little bit of self talk, and does require you to say okay, I got to get past my own control Uh freak here. Right. But, um, you're going to be so much better off for doing it. Your, your family's Uh going to be happier because they're going to see you more. You're going to, you're going to play more golf. You're going to hang out with your kids more. You're going to take your wife or your husband out on a date more. You're going to do all those things that brings balance to your life. And I just, to me, it was Absolutely. that's just the only way that's to look at that's a great way
0: to look at it. I, I like um before we press record, you kinda of talked about the different um listeners to your book and um kind of how you you didn't see the book going the way it did. Um please explain a little bit of that because there's probably people listening here that are probably taking the book in a different light than um you know, what you thought the reader was gonna be seeing it in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, Thank you for asking it. So originally, this book was always meant to allow young people to understand that there's always been about six main highways to get to Mm -hmm. success. Okay. College degree, working for yourself right out of high school, um, apprenticeships, tech and trade schools, the military, those are all paths that you get towards your eventual life, right? But recently it's been, man, if you don't go to college, you're never mm. going to amount to anything. You're going to yeah. flip burgers the rest of your life. That is that is baloney. Yeah. It's never been true in the history of our company, our country. It isn't true now, and it sure as hell isn't going to be true in the near future based on what we're doing. So, you know, it was meant to tell kids that there are great opportunities in the trades out there that are oh, yeah. paying killer money right now. That, that you don't even know about because no one's telling you about them. And so you're getting kind of like herded into this college mentality. And and really, the only people that win at college are the colleges because, let's face mm-hmm. it, they're businesses that make money, right? Now, if you're going to school to be a surgeon and I want you to learn everything there is to know about a knife yeah. before you come at me with it, right? <laughs> then then fine. But if you're just going to play beer pong and have some mundane degree you're never going to use, and you're going to pay you know a hundred grand for it, there's a lot of other ways to make a living. So, the book was kind of aimed at letting the world know that if you can see what you want your life to look like mm-hmm. first, there's a lot of ways to get there. So, you know, 15 to 25 year old kids were were kind of the original target. What I didn't see coming was so many business owners that that read the book said, "Wow." I can build a group of highly effective, goal-oriented, you know, goal-crushing machines. I can build these people around me. They can win. And I've said this a hundred times, Eric, in front of my staff. I can't get what I want, nor can my company get what it wants or needs until all of you get what you want Mm -hmm. first. I mean, this is a linear scenario. You have input, you have them working, and then you have output and you as the owner yeah. are always on the output side whether you like it or not right so yeah it was it was a scenario where i had i had business owners going okay you know they they kind of became a book club where they said hey um our level is currently this in annual revenue so let's read this book and talk about what the possibilities are and what happens eric is when you go out and you ask them to tell you well What level do you think we could get to? And by the way, I'm asking that for a reason, because if we get to that level, Mm -hmm. I'm going to share some of that with you, right? Entrepreneur thinking number one, right? They come back and tell you numbers that were higher than you even thought about yourself. So now you're thinking, holy cow, am I the one that's holding my company back? Am I the one putting the ceiling on it, right? These people who aren't me, they came up with two million a year more in revenue than I was even thinking, right? So, wow, shame on me for thinking that way. And oh, by the way, let's see how this goes. So then you put a, a program in place where they get a piece of that newfound revenue. And again, this for those of you listening, this costs you nothing. The only money you're gonna pay is the money that you don't even have yet. Okay? The future growth. You put that you put that out there company goes crazy. They feel empowered. They have this entrepreneurial spirit going. They work together. They're doing things and acting and you know buying and selling things like you as the owner would. And then, you know, come the end of the year you're like, "Holy cow, this is awesome." And then everyone has the their share in it and it, they can't wait to start the next year again. So, it's great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And this also sounds like something I was just talking on a call yesterday about preventative um, care in your company Um, and you know you go to the doctor you take tests to you know blood tests to make sure nothing's wrong nothing maybe you don't have side effects but the doctor's just being precautious this is something that a a healthy company should also be doing because there might be something there that they don't know Um, is not as obvious to them but After they read, they can. It might be something that could be fixed.
1: Well, think of it this
0: way. If you think
1: big and you surround yourself with people who are thinking big, and their level of big might not be as big a level as you're thinking, right? Because it's it's your place. Now you've got all these people that are rowing really hard to get to the things that they want that they never thought were possible, right? Mm -hmm. You mean I can do that? You mean I can live like that? You mean I can drive that or I can – Go here on vacation or I can do this with my family. Seriously, I can do that here? Yeah. Well, then let's go. I mean, Katie barred the door, man. Let's light this thing up and make it happen, right? And that's the real thing. I think think a lot of times owners will go, hey, we had 5% growth last year. That's fantastic. And then next year they'll say, wow, we had 7% growth. And they think that's – what about 30% growth? What about 50% growth? That's what I'm saying. Get out of the way and watch that happen. I mean, you're, you're going to be pleasantly surprised if you do.
0: Oh yeah. I bet you there's a lot of people, um, listening and they're like, I should buy this book for my boss and just plop it on their desk one day. and, and Get out <laughs> I of the way. And do that. To us. <laughs> I oh, really? Do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh geez. So, um, is this your first book that you've written?
1: It is, yeah. I mean, it was my first book, and again, I never woke up and said I'm going to be an author, but it, it kind of happened. And um, yeah. I'm actually in the process of writing my second one now, which is okay, which is about corporate culture. But um, they're they're both really beneficial because on the one side, you need you need buy-in from a 22 or 25 or 28 or a 35 year old to say, okay, can I trust the fact that I can get what I want for myself with and through this company? Okay, so there's. There's the blue collar cash book right there, right? Mm -hmm. Then the next book I'm writing is, is, you know, from more from the owner's perspective of, okay, so how do I create the type of culture that fosters this type of thinking? So it was kind of a natural progression to get to the next one, which I think will be out probably in seven or eight months, but that's um, awesome. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're headed.
0: That's awesome. So did you do inspirational speaking too to these companies?
1: You know we it's 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 funny that you say that because we just started a speaking series that we're gonna launch here um next month, and yeah. um it's called two crappy chairs and the reason i i, I did that was because have you ever seen the uh, you know one of these things like between two ferns or whatever yeah. you, you know they have these beautiful leather recliners and the water goblets and you know Oprah and everyone on stage, and they're doing their thing and whatever. Well, I wanted to be the anti of that. So wherever city we go, we ask their local charity to provide us two really crappy, busted up old recliners, and we donate to them for doing that. And then when we're done speaking, they can pick them up and take them back and resell them again. So they get two for one out of it. But it, it it's just hmm. kind of like blue collar rules for a white collar world, okay? Because that's where I come from. So yeah, we... um. We just filmed a pilot for it last week, and they're, they're just editing it now, and um, that's going to be something that we're going to start doing because uh, it, it, it's – first off, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, and, and people will be surprised. I, I think this is – Eric, I think this is the biggest thing. People will be surprised how simple this stuff is to do and mm-hmm. how simple it is to implement. I mean, this is not a heady book that's written by a PhD who's going to be given to some head of HR and then they're going to have a committee meeting about it. And then, you know, six months from now, they're going to get their first action plan. No, you can do the stuff I'm talking about Monday morning. Okay. Simple. Doesn't cost anything. You just make some changes. And, uh, I'm excited for that to come out. So yeah, yeah, we're going to make that happen too.
0: That's cool. And I, I think that's probably why your book is so successful um, and why people want to buy it and listen to it um, or read it. I mean, because of your nature, your background and how you put it in the book and their reachable goals that people could um, really benefit from.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because the word... The word goal, I think, is probably one of the most overused words in the English language, right? Yeah. And yet it's, it's, it's one of the most, I should say, ineffective words because a goal is such a vague thing until you put it into action. Yeah. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is the difference between a goal and a path. So if you're on a path somewhere, it's clearly defined. You're following it. There's a beginning and there's an end if if you talk about setting a goal okay it's kind of a hope or a wish or a dream or a maybe or a someday you know yeah. what i mean so we talk a lot about drop the word goal from your vocabulary when it comes to teach te- uh, to you know sharing this or teaching this to your your people at the office and start using the word path okay what is your path to go play golf in scotland in 2 years john Or what is your path to paying off that car and upgrading your car, uh, Mary? What is the path to you learning Spanish, Jim? Or what's the path to, you know, you setting up an account for your new house in five years? I need to know the clearly defined path with the action steps that are in place now, today. Like, is this thing live or is it just sitting on that someday shelf, right? And I think that's the biggest difference is getting people to realize that until until you've got it where you can hit, you know, submit or enter and things start rolling. It's not it's nothing. It's not going to help you at all. And and that's that's what's in the book now to teach people how to do. I that. like
0: that. Just a change of the word to path just changes the whole perspective of the whole journey and what it, it will all entail. Because, yeah. yeah, like you said, goal is just something that is. Thrown at you from when you were little, but what, what does it really mean? Uh, cause it's just something you, you know, some people write it down, some people, and the people that truly use the goal that th- there are in a path to that goal. So, I mean, it makes total sense. That's something I'll probably. Well,
1: here's, here's a, here, here's a quick little study on that. So Virginia Tech took a hundred people, put them in a room. They said, raise your hand if you have clearly defined goals. So only 20 people raised their hand. The other people left. They might have had hopes and wishes and dreams, but not clearly defined. So then they took the 20 and they said, okay, of the 20, how many of you have them written down in a crystal clear way, like an actual Mm -hmm. path or a plan or, you know, something that's live? Only four people said that they actually have these things written down in a very constructive, mechanical, useful way. So then they said, okay. 16 go away. Then he said, of the four, how many of you have it posted on the wall somewhere where you see it multiple times a day? One person. Now, they followed those people for 10 years. That one person made more than nine times the money than the rest of the people in that study. Wow. It's it's very simple. This is free, Eric. It requires no training, no college. It requires nothing. You just... Sit down with, I use, I make people use crayons here, like literally crayons, because last time you held a crayon in your hand, you were probably five years old and you were at your most creative, stressless state in your life, right? So take a poster board, take a box of crayons, draw exactly what you want your life to look like in every detail, house, car, pet, sport, hobby, give back moment, spirituality moment, vacation, everything. Okay. What would all those look like? hanging on the wall where you're going to see it multiple times a day. And then a really cool thing happens. So you all heard people say, you know, Mm -hmm. what your brain sees it attracts itself to. I mean, you've heard people say that. You've heard people say vision and, okay. So I was interviewing Jarek Robbins. He's the son of Tony Robbins. And one of the things that he told me that I had been looking for, and I'm glad that he told me this, was when your brain sees something that it really wants, okay, When it sees it, it starts sending these little electric sensors back and forth between whatever goes on in your head, okay? The more it sees it, the more those electrodes get closer and closer together to the point where it becomes one electrical conscious stream of thought. And what happens at that point is your brain thinks that it already owns that thing. And because it thinks it already owns that thing, it clicks your body into voluntary and involuntary pa- uh, mechanisms to go get that thing. That's how powerful your brain is. Okay? And yet I would I would bet you, well, I just I just cited the study. 99% of the people walking this planet don't know how to do that. And it's nuts to me because if we taught this in high school, how much less oh, dependency yeah. would there be in the Absolutely. world right now? Right. So, so, you know, that's the science behind it. I didn't see the study. I I heard this from, from, from Jarek and he's an amazing guy, Mm -hmm. but it it just makes sense because like anything else, okay. If you start talking about red Volkswagens, what happens? You start seeing red Volkswagens everywhere. Right. So let's put the power of that and the power of anticipation to work for us. If you think about it, yeah. everybody knows how to plan a vacation, right? Everybody does. In four months, I'm going to spring break. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to have my sandals and my bathing suit and my towel. I'm going to have my copper tone. I can literally smell that right now. I Salt sea air, the warmth, you know, suntan, palm trees, my drink, the music, whatever. You can kind of feel that yeah. and you can live it. And you know, you're almost there, right? And then you get your plane ticket in your hotel room and you maybe pick a couple restaurants and then you sit there and wait for four months. But what are you doing? You're running that thing over your head and you're running it through your head over and over and over and you're anticipating it. And you're loving life because, you know, in four months, man, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be free for seven days, do whatever the hell I want. Right. Why aren't we doing that with everything in our life? Why is it? Why are we only anticipating breaks? Vacations, anticipation is one of the most beautiful emotions, or whatever that you would call that mechanisms that that a human can have, because you're looking. You, know, you hear people say, "I'm looking forward to it." Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm literally looking forward to that event, right? That's what anticipation is. So, if you have this board up on the wall, you're going to be anticipating ten different things mm-hmm. at the same time, just in different time frames. And those things start to present themselves to you, and you see your puzzle filling, and you're like, "Holy cow, I'm living my nirvana. This is really cool. I'm living my comfort, peace, and freedom, which is what I talk about in Blue Collar Cash. And it's just an amazingly powerful way to live.
0: Oh yeah, and it, I like how you put the vacation uh, part because a lot of people, yeah, they they have they're looking forward to that vacation, but once that vacation comes and goes they're they're in that post vacation depression yeah and they're like there's nothing else to look forward to maybe like the holidays that are seven months away yeah or something but yeah they just kind of let go of it and they kind of just mosey on through until the next thing to the next break
1: one of the things you can do to combat that is to have several anticipations happening at once right so if you know if you know that your vacation is going to be over in four months, then maybe in six months you plan a weekend that you can go drive to somewhere. Okay. And maybe it's only a weekend. It doesn't cost you hardly anything, but gas, right. Or maybe, maybe you plan your next year's vacation already. I have vacations planned three years from now already. So I, I have them planned next year and the year after and the year after some of them, because they're a little more expensive. So, you know, you have to, you earn your miles on flights, so you get better flight tickets, and then you, you know, you yeah. make, get points and all that kind of stuff because they're international travel. But so what? I mean, wh- whether it's a year from now or two years or three years, that that goes by in a flash, believe me. And, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, you just anticipate a lot of these things along the way, and man, you, you'll find yourself springing out of bed, going, "Okay, what's next? This is awesome."
0: Absolutely. Well, Ken, thank you so much for hopping on. I learned, I know I learned a lot and I know the l- listeners will learn a lot, but I want to end with where people could follow you, um, where they could buy your book, the name of your book one more time and maybe like your website. Well, the book is called blue
1: collar cash and, um, it's about how to secure your best life. Okay. Um, you can go find it at Ken Rusk.com. You click on that book, buy the book button and you'll see all the different buy buttons, you know, Amazon and buy books and all those things, Barnes and Nobles, yeah. all those. So that's where you can buy the book. You can also see what I did for people who maybe can't necessarily take a book and put it into action is I built this course. It's a very simple course to teach you what I just talked about with you today, how to do it. Because, I mean, people, a lot of times they read books, they put them up on the shelf, and then you say, well, how did that book change your life? And they're like, ah, I don't really know, but I read it and it was good. You know, mm-hmm. so. I didn't want my book to fall victim to that. I wanted it to have a real impact with people. So, if you take that course, I mean, I donate most of the money to charity anyway. M- my life was good before I wrote this book, so um, yeah, you get a, you, it's one hundred twenty nine dollars. You get a free twenty five dollar book with it, and then um, you know, for for dinner and a movie, you can literally change your life starting Monday, and yeah. um, I guarantee that it, it, it'll make a big big difference in, in the way you see your future. So. If you, you can find all that at KenRusk.com. And then all my socials are at KenRuskOfficial, um, which uh, you can see what we're up to there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, Ken, thank you again for taking the time out of your day and hopping on the Pro Series podcast. Can't wait to get this one out.
1: Absolutely, Eric. I appreciate it. Thank you.